0: This is the Farm Hop Life Men's Forum. A trap. I don't know. Uh, farm Hop Life Men's Forum. I'm all flustered. I'm Matt Derosier for Farm Hop Life, and tonight we have
1: Christopher DeVidal and I'm less flustered,
0: <laughs> slightly. Uh, what is your thing? What is it that you do, Christopher? I'm
1: working on secure coop, secure farm, nice. all sorts of automation for the backyard gardener farmer guy. Wants to get get uh, take a break every now and then.
0: I um oh hey look at that we got Long Story Farms. Right. Hey man, how's it going? Welcome. Long Story. Thank you. Holy smokes, there's noise. There's noise there. Wait, who's got the noise?
1: I've got my earphones on, so it's probably not me.
0: All right, it's less so now. Okay, cool. Uh, so the topic tonight is do hard things. But before we start, let's share some personal events. Uh, Chris, why don't you start? Chris, yeah. Uh- sorry. Uh, I'm just gonna keep calling you Chris because the podcast I did before this yeah had a Chris
1: okay and
0: uh so I'm gonna keep, again, I'm gonna keep I'm, working on it
1: well again I'm not offended just you know it's like personal preference yeah my personal uh, noun is Christopher <laughs> personal noun nice. and uh yeah so just uh, there's a long story hey uh so um uh, just wrapping up um, setting up my my uh, database servers and my web servers, and now moving forward on redundant app, uh, app servers, you know, again, so that the idea is that um, my servers can fail, but customers never lose contact. They are always online with, with service. It's always monitored, always working. So Nice, yeah. dude. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it's plugging the, away. That's right. I'm, I'm wrapping that up now. I, I got the database, had some problems with encryption and and, and replication, but it's all working now. So... Yeah. I'm really happy about that. Sweet. Yeah.
0: Long story. Do you want to share, uh, you haven't been on in a while. Do you want to share, uh, who you are and, um, where you're at for, for people that don't know who you, who you are?
2: Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm on a cell phone hotspot for broadband. So I'm going to turn off the video when I'm talking so you can hear me. Is this okay?
0: Sure. Yep. You sound good.
2: All right, cool. Yeah. So, uh, long story farms, we're a, a small little family farm in, uh, central South Carolina doing uh, pork and poultry mostly and been uh, a dream of mine to do this for a long time and uh, just trying to trying to heal the land and sustainably raise uh, you know good animal product uh, animal source foods for the local community here and hopefully one day I can quit my uh, corporate job and do that full-time but for now got to do them both so
1: yeah that's a dream
2: yep. dude how cold is it where you're at I've never seen you in a sweatshirt no, it's just that uh, it, it was. There were some showers earlier, and uh, it's uh, there's a really big fan above me. So uh, it, it kind of everything kind of cooled off all of a sudden. So I went and grabbed a sweatshirt just because. Uh, sure, sure. I'm under a fan, you know. <laughs> but uh, nice yeah, weather, no, we're yeah. good. It's it's like it's in the 90s here every during the day, but right now it, it just showers in the evening, and just cooled it down to about 70. So it's it's yeah, that's all.
0: Do you uh, want to share like a personal event like like uh, let's say, you know, farmer's market this weekend or like a project you're working on or finished or something?
2: Yeah, well, um, you know, just a just a few little things, I guess. We, we've been going to a farmer's market. We started a farmer's market with my sister and one of her friends uh, in, a, in a neighboring town. Um, it's a destination farmer's market. So it's not like in a downtown setting like the one we do in our in our little town. Um, and we're really excited. There's going to be uh, classes, there's going to be contests, and we hope to roll it up into like a, like a weekend you know, homesteading uh, seminar type thing at some point, really focused on building community. Um, we did the second one this past weekend, very successful for us in terms of marketing our, our products and uh, making good connections in the community. So really excited about, about that. It's at the old barn. On Lexington Highway, Old Lexington Highway in Chapin, South Carolina. If anyone's in the area,
0: that sounds like a pretty cool, uh, like community thing. Like it's more than just a farmers market. Like it has other things. And instead of just like, like lately, it seems like farmers markets have also gone. They're like half, like producers and half food trucks. I don't know how it is where you you guys are at, but that's how it is where I'm at.
2: <laughs> no, this has been um, like I said. It's only the second one. And it is a destination, so people have to go specifically to this venue, which is like a, a big a covered pavilion, like for weddings and stuff like that. Um, and they have to show up there for the market. And um, so what's happening is like when we do our, our downtown market in our little town, there's a lot of traffic, but the uh transaction value is is fairly low and there's a lot mm. of people that just pass by or say hi or whatever. The what I'm noticing at this other market is that it's buyers. People are coming there because they want to buy from local producers. So it's a very different vibe. Um and you know we'll see how it goes um in terms of growth and in terms of you know getting some of the other aspects, you know our our thoughts are you know having the um, Classes like you know, doing like a class on seed saving or doing a class on uh, you know, candle making or whatever, um, those types of things, and then like I said, maybe roll it up into like a a seminar type situation one weekend where we do like a small animal uh, livestock swap or something like that, and you know, have more try to get really some of the like minded folks in a 30 or 40 mile radius together for, for some learning together and and making those connections so we can trade with each other and we can support each other and be a more resilient as a community.
0: There's nothing like that now.
2: Um, There, there are some events, but they're generally held in uh, like up in the Greenville area or in the Columbia area. So they're like centered around the city and we are trying to get people from this area, you know, from within, like I said, you know, 15 or 20 or 30 miles um, to to kind of you know to just meet those people and get them together in one spot you know that'd be sweet do you have yeah
0: how,
2: are you trying to lead the charge on that or i'm i'm uh, uh you know I might be the quick reaction force you know backing them up but I mean I'm a vendor but I'm also one of the people that kind of has been you know, saying, "Hey, here's what I think you should do to get the market going," and, and and trying to recruit other vendors and stuff like that. I mean, I mean, I'm recruiting people that sell the same products I sell. I mean, I'm because I want to build, I want to build this as a, I'll say even a movement. Uh, but you know, it. I I think the more vendors we have, even if we're selling the same things, the more customers we'll all get. And you know, like if one day I'm sold out of one thing, I can say, "Hey, Matt from Persimmon Hill has some great stuff. go go grab it from him." Or maybe Matt's not there one day, and I can go. Yeah, I've got you know, I've got hot Italian. I don't have sweet Italian, but here, let me hook you up with some brats or whatever. Um, that's been the that's been kind of the way it's been going. Um, and you know, I'm meeting other guys that are doing this, that are doing it, that are a little further along than I am the journey, so I can learn from them. Um, and sweet. you know, we're putting together a lot of. I, I think it's really synergistic right now. I'm, I'm excited. We'll see even
0: just the building of the thing would, uh, create some community. So you can't fail. Yep. yep.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. can I, can I tell, can I tell you guys one yeah. more thing? I, I miss yeah, this man. on Twitter, cool. but I'm, I'm going to do a farm to table event, man. I'm really stoked about that. Sweet. Uh, yeah. What's that? What, we're going to, we're going to, uh, my, um, so, uh, a family member, uh, is a partner in a restaurant and, um, her husband has a, a law firm, and we're going to do a farm-to-table event for the law firm staff. Ooh. And so we're going to take our farm products. Uh, I used to cook professionally, so I'm going to prepare a three-course meal for the law firm at the restaurant. And uh, it's uh, I'm really excited about that. It's another thing yeah. that's coming up at the end of the month.
0: I got to look so, this up. I did you just post that today?
2: Uh, I think I posted it late last night. Ah, uh, okay. I even put a like short men, menu on Twitter as a response to Barnabas. He was asking about it.
0: Mm. I'll, have to, I'll have to look this up a little bit later. That's super cool. Okay, just lined up a farm-to-table event for a law firm. That's awesome. Nice. Uh, I didn't see that
2: earlier. Hmm.
0: Well, well, I'd like to see I don't more expect, you,
2: I I don't to, expect to see you. Uh, I don't expect you to see every tweet I make, Matt. It's okay, man.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know my, I need to retrain my algorithm or something like that so like I can see all the good stuff instead of just yeah. uh, all the infighting in our little Twitter corner. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, this weekend finally brought my daughter home from the NICU after hey. almost seven weeks. All right. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, that was intense. Um, super emotional. I, I think I, I think I did all the crying. Uh, my wife, I don't think did any of the crying, but that's okay. Um, so we introduced, we introduced Lila, the newborn to my two year old Milo. And he's like, he's like curious, but hesitant. So he goes up to her, just kind of like cautiously looks at her for like a second, maybe two. like, she needs a nook and like just ran off to go find a nook for it. And like, that. I just, I lost it. I was just like,
2: Oh my gosh, that's so sweet. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, he's been, he's been so awesome already with her. Um, He still likes to get rowdy around her, not with her, but around her. And like, so that we're, we're kind of learning, like teaching him that, like, Hey, look, like I know you just tried to get on the couch, but you also kicked her in the, in the, lag or whatever. So like be be mindful and so that that'll take some time, but um but yeah. We're all home.
1: Is Lila gonna make an appearance tonight? No, no.
0: Okay. Uh, she's asleep. Uh yeah.
1: yeah maybe yeah. maybe one of these to...
0: days I will just uh do it off my phone on the couch yeah. uh with a with a baby on my chest. <laughs> um that would be something. Yeah. Uh super crappy audio quality. Uh and then not uh not hospital related or baby related uh i got a i got a text this morning as i'm like feeding the chickens ready to go to work hey uh can we can we do your fence post today cuz i had uh i had inquired i was like hey i i want these fence posts like pounded i'll do the rails or whatever and i'm not digging them uh because i i did tried that with like my chicken run and it took me like all day to do six posts Mm. so um you just hit rock after rock after rock and blah 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 yeah and so they uh they knocked it out this afternoon and Mm. i'm like super stoked i posted it on a couple of different like social media accounts and like i'm it's gonna look awesome
1: good
2: pretty pumped yeah that we have a we have a lot of clay here man i i have an auger on my tractor and the Camping down those posts, Ugh, that's just excruciating. Takes forever.
0: Yeah, sometimes even uh, like a like a post pounder won't get through some like hard pan stuff of of clay. Yeah. But thankfully, I didn't have that issue. Some of them, they just like they were pounding them in, and they just like stopped. And so they just had to like cut off the top and kind of shape it a little bit to get it to blend in. But
1: I'm looking but, at yeah. the picture now. Yeah. yeah
0: it looks it looks sweet I'm, I'm excited gonna be some big uh, exterior changes around me so um well let's get into the main topic do hard things so this came up from my interview last week um, with uh, his uh, handle is tornado Nate on uh, on Twitter and I don't even remember what we were talking about. I was taking notes of, like, little things he was saying during during our chat, and one of them was just, like, do hard things. I'm like, I like that. We're talking about that. Uh, and I invited him and, like, obviously a bunch of other people. Uh, and so maybe he said he could maybe make it. But anyways, I was like, well, that could mean, like, a hundred different things, right? Um, Obviously, the first thing that comes to mind when you think of, like, do, like, hard things is, like, physical, like – like I like, rock, uh, I've gone rock climbing. I'm not like, terribly good at it. I just, I've gone a couple times. I like hiking and like mountain climbing and stuff like that. So, like that would be like something like physical. Um, what's like, what's, what's some physical stuff, like physically hard things that you guys like to do or have done?
1: How about dig putting six posts in the ground for a chicken run? <laughs> <laughs> that was hard and stupid. yeah there's there's Uh, hard and then there's hard and stupid that's true yeah
2: (laughs) yeah i i I like i like backpacking i like you know a three or four day trip um you know where you're carrying your stuff and i like that's one of the things i've enjoyed quite a lot
0: when was the last time you did that
2: uh, last time was when we were in Chile, so it's been it's been a few years. We've got back about five years ago, so mm. haven't done a big trip in a while. Um, we've done a few little camping trips, but nothing like nothing like that. You ever there. So, yep. But I took my kids. You know, I love. I I to be on here for this topic because I just love it. Um, it's one of the things. Like you know, my kids did a four day backpacking trip in Patagonia. Um, and you know, to to watch them. Do you know about ten miles a day for four days? That's pretty cool. At well, youngest was eleven at the time. Whoa! And he carried he carried his gear. I mean, I was carrying the food and and half the tent. My older son carried the other half of the tent. Um, but basically, you know, my daughter, my and my and two of my my two older boys, we we did it. Um, the W at Torres del Paine National Park in Chile. Um, it's awesome. And it's a great feeling of accomplishment and you know I I think my daughter was like I don't want to do this again but you know there's still this feeling of like I did this you know that's cool that's cool that's great I'm looking up
0: the W in Chile holy crap are you serious yep this looks wild man hiking the W track wow crazy imagery
2: Yeah, some Uh, cool wildlife that you've, you know, you've never seen. Uh, And um, I got back and uh, I got back from the trip and a a friend of mine goes, hey, do you see any pumas down there? And I was like, I was like, no, I didn't. He goes, oh, they saw you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's nice. Yeah. (laughs) that's kind of like mountain lions around here so my parents came to town over the weekend and we went huckleberry picking and i I was telling them uh, they were like you know we brought bear spray i brought my pistol and my dad was like do you really have to worry about mountain lions around here i'm like yeah they could be in the trees right now and they'll see you 99 times before you see them once (laughs) same thing
1: (laughs) yep Uh, yeah Nuts.
0: chris what do you do that's difficult physically
1: well i'm the chronic fatigue guy so everything is difficult physically huh. <laughs> but uh sure. when i get out into the garden um the those experiences just they they're very wholesome they're like it's like you're getting something done you're feeding the family. You're, you're really appreciating the nature and you're, you know, just doing something instead of just wasting and you know, sitting on the couch. I like to say that, uh, uh, no matter how slow you're going, you're lapping everybody on the couch. So, um, you know, I get out there and do a little bit of day at a time, sometimes a little bit, sometimes two, three, eight, four hours. And so it just depends on how I feel that day and how my time is available. So, uh, but, um, yeah, like this week I was able to get, uh, we have a we have a, a two RVs one of them the uh, the end of it is covered with a, with, a, with a like a, like a fabric shed a canvas shed I wanted a second tarp on top of that protection mean the boy me and the boy got that up there and that was cool that was good that you have that up there this week um, got the uh, far shed all organized and you know so we're just slowly and, and steadily moving in and and setting up our tiny little homestead but um you know for those of you out there who are watching this and get discouraged by guys like uh on my left and my right they're 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 lapping me you know but but just put one foot in front of the other just do it you know uh just get up just do five minutes you don't have to commit to four hours you just say i'm just going to do five minutes and then that often turns into five minutes goes into 20 and gives us into 40 and then pretty soon you're soon you're out to two hours so it happens
2: yeah, I saw I saw a story um, about a guy that set a goal to show up at the gym. Yeah, and he 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 made himself just go for five minutes. Yeah, and and so, you know, he got this habit of going, and that's really what that's what what it takes. I, I, my big thing with my kids is, I want them to be free of fear of failure, and to be willing to try. Because I, I I get a lot of people that go, man, you know, you do so many different things, and I'm like. I screw up so much stuff. Like you have no idea how many things I break. (laughs) I like the other day I I decided I was going to fix the power steering. The power steering on my truck was leaking. The fluid was leaking. I assumed it was a hose, but I didn't really know how to diagnose it. And I didn't really have a good place where I could let fluid spray everywhere. So I just kind of said, well, it's probably the hoses. It's a 240,000 mile truck. I'm just going to replace the hoses, all of them. Right. Well, that was a pain in the butt. Um, I got it done. It was the power steering pump, though, that was leaking. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a fail, but it's also like, you know, I still felt great about it. It's like a victory. Like, I got all this stuff taken apart, put back together. Man, I couldn't figure out how to get the wrench in there at at the very beginning. And by the end, I could take that thing apart and put it back together in in about 40 minutes. Um,
1: Yep. Now you got new hoses.
2: You know. Got new hoses, got a new power steering pump. I took it to the mechanics and let them do that. But, um, yeah, you know, it's like, you know, it's a mistake, but it's also an accomplishment. And I I think that's the thing. Like, you just have to look at those things and say, hey, I'm going to give it a shot. Now, obviously, there's some economic limits on what you can really risk, but um, that was a small risk, relatively speaking. Like I said, it's got new hoses now, so that doesn't hurt anything. But I like doing I like challenging myself to death. I'm not a, I, I, I jokingly you know I'm a parts changer I'm not a mechanic I don't know how to do the diagnostics so I just right. you know I can spend a lot of money trial and error trying to figure out what's broken and and I have any idea um getting a little bit better at that but but still you know pretty weak on that but you, anyway, re- yeah. you reminded
0: me of a tweet I had earlier oh my gosh we're Pretty amazing what you can do when you drop the mindset. I don't know how to do that. Quit making excuses. Learn.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, we talked about before, like how you can learn. We we talked about YouTube the other night on that other yeah. uh, that uh, spaces thing, but there's you can learn almost whatever you want on on YouTube. You know.
1: Yeah, you sure can.
2: Yep. Uh, YouTube is everyone's grandpa that knows how to do everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right and yeah. wrong.
1: And right. half right. <laughs> yeah.
0: What about uh, mentally hard things? What's something that's mentally hard?
2: I, you know, I, I think it depends on what you're what you're what you're good at. You know, like, um, you know, I, I mean, you're an electrician, right, Matt? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, like, I I had uh, I wanted to I wanted to power the farm with solar, so I ordered the equipment and started putting it together. And I I joked that I didn't know what a vault was when I started. Um, But now, you know, I made a lot of the mistakes, like I said earlier. I mean, I just did it and I made a bunch of mistakes. I didn't burn up anything. I didn't kill, you know, I didn't kill myself. I didn't shock myself. Nothing. I never was dangerous. You didn't even shock
0: yourself? Lies. I never
2: shocked myself, man. I really didn't. Um, But now I I feel really comfortable. Like I feel really comfortable sizing the system. I feel really comfortable, you know, you know all that stuff, you know um and uh i I just have no fear now, because you know we've had it running now, we made a lot of mistakes we didn't we didn't we undersized the p v array for the voltage of our system um you mm-hmm. know that was the first big mistake we made. The second big mistake we made was cycling our lead acid batteries too deeply mm-hmm. you know those are expensive that's- those those that's an expensive mistake, you know that's yeah. a couple that's thousand serious. dollar mistake, right. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, but we're we learned, and uh, you know, we're in a position now where we're running our, our free all our freezers on solar, and we're running our well pump and irrigation pump on solar. Um, and it's it's awesome, you know, it's it's independence nice. and it's resiliency. So,
1: yeah, and that's that was hard next, for me, and that's yeah. our next project. So, I'm, I'm looking forward to hard. I've done um you know, electrical engineering kind of stuff, but more on the, on the micro level, uh, this sort of, this solar is, is, um, is, you know, this wiring and stuff is new. Um, but I think I got to grasp enough of the concepts to yes, not get shocked (laughs) and, uh, um, get the, get the system rolling. And when I'm all done with it, we've decided to talk with my wife and we're going to set up a sleeping porch underneath the, um, solar panels. So that if we should have a, because it's it's hybrid solar, it's half half on grid, half off grid, and should we have a power outage at at night, it, it, the solar won't power the uh, the lights and things, and that's that was a, a you know a trade off a choice we made, um, but so you don't want to sit in a stuffy sleep in a stuffy RV at night, so I said um, we ought to have a sleeping porch where we as a family can all. Uh, you know when there's when when there, when the powers up and fine and dandy we can go sit out there in the shade and catch the breeze that'd be nice but at night uh, if the power is out that's a great place to be sleeping um you know with screen all around and, and hammocks everybody's got hammocks and uh, and so the idea oh. is to build a, build a little porch and 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 uh, have the solar panels as act as part of the roof with some seal with some um, plastic tarp underneath or something so, uh, yeah, yeah, so we're, we're, yeah, that's the aim is to build a, a, a solar a sleeping porch with solar panels with the, uh, I've got to install um, the uh, a heat pump air conditioner and also two 12-volt solar systems, so 120-volt system, or, no, 220-volt system uh, with some down converters. So it's, it's going to be a big job, and uh, I'll just have to, you know, one bite at a time, one bite at a time to go out there and yep. work for five minutes. I'm going to tell myself, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to only work for five minutes. And if I feel like working longer, I'll keep on working. Yeah. Sure.
2: Show yeah. up. Man. Show yeah. up. I, I tell my kids that show up 90% of the, of the deal is just showing up. Mm-hmm. I, I had a, had a guy tell me, you know, one time he said, he goes, it was a job. It was a, what do you call it? A recruiter, a guy. And he's like, you're, you're smart and you're a hard worker, you're automatically top two percent. <laughs> and you know, I think I couple that with showing up. If you show up, you're a hard worker and your head, your head's in the game, you're gonna be like successful beyond your imagination, you know, in my opinion. At least it used to work that way, maybe not anymore. I don't know.
1: Oh, it's 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 even more so now with, with the, the bars getting lower every year, people are more and more people just don't don't show up, don't don't even now, there was a meme that went around that said now hiring people who just show up. It's mm-hmm. it's getting yeah. so bad that, that mm-hmm. the bar is lower so you know and that's it's good for for guys like me who are just dragging my feet, so. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm just high think- enough above the bar to not get fired.
1: <laughs> I want to yeah, go more the- than that. <laughs>
0: nah. Yep.
2: <Yeah. laughs> you, know, you know the hard thing like the hard like I'm sorry to riff on your hard thing, but I think you know the hard thing might be interacting socially right it might it might be social. I know you you probably had that in your list in your notes, but like you know one of the challenges I had starting a farm was I was embarrassed to ask people for money mm. and so I was like, I'm working my butt off building fences and learning how to manage the livestock and all this stuff, and then I go to the butcher and I get the bill for the butcher, and I'm like, well. And I'm like underselling everything, and I had a friend of mine. She goes, "She go." I was like, "Oh, I'll give you a discount, Peggy." And she goes, "Jeffrey, you have to charge your friends. Your enemies aren't going to buy from you, <laughs> right?" And it just never clicked until that moment. And then I'm like, "Wait a minute. Why am I not asking? I'm getting. I'm giving people a great product. Why am I embarrassed? To ask for their money. That was a big hard thing for me. Sure, it feels off. weird. Yeah, yeah."
1: Sure does.
0: Um, I was just gonna share, uh, touch on the the mental quick before moving on to another one. Um, not to like beat a dead horse or whatever, but like, you know, spending seven weeks in the NICU, mm-hmm. it's hard mentally. Yeah. Uh, being away from my wife, pretty much for seven weeks. Uh, I mean, we like everyone kept telling us like ships passing in the night and like, yep, that's pretty much how it felt. Um, cause during the week we'd go up and I'd like almost every time I would bring, uh, Milo with me. And so, because he's not allowed in the NICU, she would hang out with him because she doesn't get to see him during the week. And then I would go to the NICU with Lila. And so it's like, we still never got the time together, even though we're, all, you know, almost in the same room. Um, It's just, you know, last, last week I was, I didn't, it was an evening that I didn't bring Milo with me. And I was, I was holding Lila and i was sitting on the couch. Katie was sitting next to me and I'm just like, our house doesn't feel like a home. Like you make this house feel like a home Mm -hmm. and you're not there. Like, it's just the place I am right now. And like, it it it's mentally hard when you're living in a place that just doesn't feel like home so
1: yeah and that's uh that ties into mentally you know one of the biggest things that i ever had to deal with is uh uh for the first uh 20 years or so of marriage was just a real challenge just constant uh, we weren't we weren't meshing and uh how long have you been married, Christopher? Now, um, let's see, 1999, so uh, 22, 23, almost,
0: 20,
1: almost 23 years, yeah. Uh, so um, at the first, you know, 10, 15, we just really tough. We went to a lot of marriage counselors and nobody really, nothing clicked. Mm. And uh, uh, pardon me a second. No.
0: Jeffrey, how long have you been uh you've been the married? Sun to your coming wife? In here.
2: Yeah, 26 uh, 26 and a half years at this point. Yeah.
0: Dang. I'm the I'm the young one here. Uh, we just hit 5 this year. Yep. But um, but yeah, like uh, you know, it's it's a lot of work um, to uh, it really really helps to communicate like everything. Um, I don't know how you guys like kind of found your your stride but um, we just have to be like willing to communicate even the hard stuff. Um, you know instead of like oh they're not going to they're not really going to like this so I'm just going to like keep it from them. That doesn't work. That never works. Like you got to you got to sometimes give bad news.
2: I, I, I always tell people, like, I think one of the hardest things to do when you get married is to learn to fight. And what I mean by Absolutely. that is you're going to have big disagreements. And you've got to be able to, to have the disagreement and keep that disagreement as close to the scope of the original disagreement as possible. And then be like, I love you. yeah, You know, whatever, you know. And, um, you know. I mean, I don't want to be vulgar or anything, but, you know, kind of like um, you, you have to learn to love, makeup sex or whatever you want to call it. You know, you've got to be able to fight and then be like, OK, we had to fight. That's great. Now let's let's love each other even more. You know?
1: Yeah. And to, yeah. to bounce off of that, you're keeping it to the scope of the, of the problem, not to uh, a criticism of the person. Yeah. You're, yes. you're, you're trying to isolate you know not, not you know, this has happened not you are so block this yep. has happened how can we resolve this as a as a work together as a couple um i wouldn't say we've arrived but this this is like the best year we've had in twenty two years that's nice. awesome, dude. Congratulations, yeah, that is awesome.
0: i bet that feels great
1: well it feels better feels better <laughs> we're, we're not we're not we're not where i want to be but we are so definitely i'm just uh, praising god for uh you know massive improvement and seeing more eye to eye and working together and listening dude you know, it's those you know, baby the, steps yeah
2: you know the thing so so you know there's something that in my experience there's there's things that people say like is you know like they'll go man college is the best four years of my life or whatever, you know, or my senior year of college, my best year of my life, something like that. And then they get married and they have kids. And they think if you keep saying that you're doing it wrong, like you're, you're really making big mistakes. If you keep looking back to stuff like that as the best year of your life, because if you're not like in the moment, enjoying your kids, I mean, I know this Niku thing was probably hard as can be, but man, I mean that's a galvanizing moment for you and your wife, man. you know
0: yeah,
2: and I told her kind of last thing, year you know?
0: like like we were we were kind of in a rough spot last year, and like I told her I'm like, I'm glad that we worked on ourselves like as a as like a couple last year, um because this was so difficult that but I wasn't even worried about like us like I, I knew like we were we were fine, um. Because we had done the work the year prior, like I couldn't imagine going through this and try to like, like you know, improve our relationship. Um, at the same time, that would be like, yeah, are you kidding?
1: Yeah. Um that's that a recipe brutal.
0: for a disaster.
1: That'd be brutal.
2: Yeah, but you know, one of the things I think I've learned in the last four years, I guess I'll say, in our marriage. But well, one thing is, you know, if you're in a marriage for 20-plus years, you've been in three or four or five relationships with the same person over that span of time. That relationship has changed so much that, you know, I can look at, like, the first five years of our marriage, that's a, that's one relationship. Then there's the next, you know, six or eight years, that's another relationship. You know, like, there's, our, our relationship has changed so much they're like different relationships you know and we had another big change like that about 4 years ago and um you know you don't notice it when it happens right you don't realize that's what's happening but that shift that shift that took place like i started realizing there's so many things that you think you have to agree with your spouse about that really don't matter if you're talking about the hard stuff like you were saying that yeah like if you're able to have those conversations you know, whether you agree on politics or not, whether you agree on religion or not, whatever, you can have those big disagreements as long as you're centered on, like you were saying a minute ago, Christopher, like the, you know, the, the aspect that you're talking about, not, not the person. Like it's not demeaning the person, you know, you don't demean the, like if, if you're a Biden supporter and your spouse is a Trump supporter and you are sitting there, you're, you have to be a bad person. God help to mo- you. But, well, if but if you if you think that that makes the the other person a bad person, mm. well then you you don't have a relationship. But if you say, I love you, and you know I honor your choices, I don't agree with them, but I honor your choices. That that's where you got to be because your relationship's going to change. There's going to be thousands of things you disagree on. You know, as much as you might think you're aligned when you first get married, you think, oh yeah, we're gonna all, we're gonna raise our kids a certain way, whatever it is, and then you get into it. And you probably only thought you believed the same things. Even if, you, even if you were the same religion, the same politics, all that stuff, when you really start breaking that stuff down, there's a thousand different ways yeah. that that stuff Nuance. splinters. Yeah, big time.
1: Yeah, and uh, for me, it was, it was uh, so important to uh, that wedding ring symbolizes a ring. It's a circle. It symbolizes unending symbolizes I'm not going to stop even if I don't really like you right now I'm just going to keep on keeping on keeping on keeping on pushing and pushing and persevering and never say quit never say quit so that was a hard thing Um, a lot of nights with uh, tears Uh, but um, Mm -hmm. also uh, never lost hope
0: it is kind of crazy uh the idea of and this has nothing to do with hard work, but I guess it kind of does like okay I'm, I'm gonna tie I'm gonna tie it in you know how much hard work it is to get along with like one person for a majority of your life that's hard work like like the right person makes it easier, but it's still hard work
2: um. I I think this is definitely a hard thing. I mean, how many? I mean, look at the statistics. It's a hard thing. Or everyone would do it. It's it's much easier to say, "I'm not going to do the work on me, or my relationship." I'll just go find someone else who won't make me, you know, stretch so much or work so hard. And and I I think it's a fallacy and bargain because most of the people, if they don't do the work, they're gonna they're gonna break the future relationships too. You know. Yeah.
0: Expanding on um, relationships, one of the things I thought about for tonight was saying, and it doesn't necessarily need to be in marriage. It can be in any relationship. Uh, saying you're sorry or like humbling yourself, even yeah. though like you may not be in the wrong. You're just like, okay, I'm just, I, I can see where this is going, this is not going to do either one of us any good. I'm just going to apologize because I'm sure I am somewhat in the wrong, otherwise we wouldn't be here. Um, and I'm just like, you know, I had a, I had to do that recently uh, with somebody. I'm like, you know what? I'm what did I say? I'm like, I'm sorry that I was uh, a dick and kind of a bitch, um, and I apologize and like the entire like conversation just like switched and flipped and all of a sudden yeah. became progressive. So, um,
1: yeah, I, I heard, I heard it said that, uh, if you own 2% of the problem of the relationship and the other person owns 98%, you are 100% responsible for your 2%. And so you come to that table with that little bit. Uh, but there are cases and I was just talking to my kids the other night about this, where, Uh, We don't want to conflate, um, or for years I did this. I conflated uh, asking forgiveness and saying, I'm sorry. They usually go to -to hand-to-hand, but they don't always. Sometimes you are sorry for something that happened for which you have no fault. And then sometimes you can are, sometimes someone believes you are wrong and you know you didn't do wrong. And so you ask forgiveness and then sometimes you really just screw up and you're both sorry. And you ask forgiveness. Uh, But, um, the, 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 the idea of of separating that out was so helpful for me that, that there, there, there are two different concepts. I'm sorry. I feel sorrow for this thing that happened. Uh, and forgiveness is, I know you feel like you, I owe you something. I owe you a debt. I am asking you please to forgive that debt. So,
2: you know, um, I think, I I don't know if I'm saying the right thing here, but I think one of the things I learned over these last several years is to be able to say, I know this disappoints you. I know this probably causes you some hurt or whatever. I don't own the feelings of my spouse. They own them. There are times when I can acknowledge that things I'm doing may not be comfortable for them. But they may be so authentically what I need to do for me that that is what it is. And we have to be able to sit with that as a couple. Um, and I'll just give you guys an example. I mean, me, me doing the farming thing, that's not exactly down my wife's, you know, my wife's alley. She's not, you know, she's one of those, um, what was that in the, in the uh, Madagascar movie? Mother Nature's all over me. You know, she's, she's really afraid of like, you know, mice and stuff that, that freaks her out. And, you know, it's not comfortable a lot of times and I I have to acknowledge that and just have some gratitude for whatever it is that she can contribute in that regard. Um, and you know, she's been a, she's been a really great partner. She's, especially with like the markets and stuff, um, that there's ways that she contributes that, that, um, aren't, aren't the, uh, aren't some other ways, you know, that she could contribute. And because of that discomfort she has and, um, you know, I have to, I have to acknowledge that. And, and even though I'm not sorry, you know, I don't. I don't regret that we're doing this. I I understand that it causes her some anguish or some anxiety, and, I'm, and I try to mitigate that when I can. You know, if that makes sense. Um, right. What I'm saying is, sometimes we don't do the wrong thing, and it still causes our our, our partner discomfort. Yeah, exactly yeah sure. Yep. Like, I will never be
0: able to get Katie to um, process a chicken. Like right. she did it. <laughs> And uh, she's like, I, "I don't need to do that again." I said, "Okay, <laughs> that's fine." Oh, nice. Yep. Um. Did you have something else, uh, Jeffrey?
2: Um. No, no. I was looking through oh, some okay. of the. I was just looking through the notes because um, you had um, relationships, spiritual, emotional, mental, physical, and. Um I don't know where we are in the in the list now. <laughs>
0: we we've been playing around. I've been segueing yeah. as it sees as it as I see fit. Right um so we're all uh you both are pretty spiritual people, I would say. Um it doesn't matter what denomination we all are. Uh it has no effect. What can you remember a time where uh uh, Christopher, you you were you're a born again Christian, um, yep. and I'm I'm curious what if you have anything to add here, Jeffrey. What was a, a spiritually difficult time for you guys?
1: Okay, one comes to mind is uh, I wanted to go on an evangelism boot camp, and I am somewhat uh, extroverted, but Also, somewhat introverts called Ambivert. We can, we're like, hey, we'll see you at the party uh, later on tonight after I spend three hours alone reading a book. So, you know, we got a little bit of each going on. And uh, I was down there in this evangelism boot camp and reaching out and talking to people was just not my thing. But I wanted to get better at it, you know, talking to people and reaching them where where they're at. And, you know, you got to open your mouth and you got to hear people's stories and, and get with them. Well, I get to this place where we were supposed to start walking around and talking to people. And um, in my heart, in my spirit, I knew that I was going to be speaking at a nightclub across the street uh, down in Ybor City, Tampa. And um, this nightclub was very popular. It had a large crowd in front. And I knew that I I would have a word to say to these people. I just knew I had to do it. And it was like terrifying utterly terrifying I, I i couldn't resist i couldn't um deny and walk away from that and i just i, I it, it was eat me up so i walked up and down that street we were there all night and i, I we were there for a long time until early in the morning and um, i walked i think three hours or four hours knowing that i got to do this and um you know, I I, I just it just Lord put it on my heart what to say, and so I said, well, you know, I'm just praying over praying for strength, praying for strength. And I finally get get the gumption, and strength comes upon me, and I said, guys, I need to get the to step stool. I need to talk to these people over here. So I take the step stool, I plant it directly in the middle of the crowd, right on the sidewalk. This is public property, so it's fully legal. There's a cop over my left. And the word on my heart was I, I, I stand up on this step stool and I say, Attention, everyone, I have a confession to make. I am a murderer. And I and the this, this one guy in the crowd is looking over at the cop, like this guy's just talking making confession that he's a murderer. And I said, Let me explain. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 5 that if you hate someone, you're guilty you're basically guilty of murder. And I just want to confess that to you and say, you know we stand guilty before god but he made his way you know he made the way of his son uh for forgiveness and i didn't say much more than that i just appealed to the people to um to uh spend their night before they went without to hate but, yeah I'll be thinking about that not just hate but but the fact that you know we all i have done that It's you know, i don't care who you are we've we've, we've you know called someone a fool. And, that's why Christ died. So that was a very hard thing for me to do. It was a hard thing, but it was the kind of thing that I knew that I couldn't do, but it was spirit empowered. So in that moment, I was really just leaning on the power of the Holy Spirit to give me those words to say to that crowd. And I know uh, from the conversations that some of the other team members had that there, there was fruit that came out of that. So you know, you you do these things, these hard things. You sometimes you never see what comes out of them, but sometimes you do. No.
0: Dang, yeah. dude, that's kind of crazy.
1: That was crazy. It was it was it was an intense night.
0: <laughs> I want to be completely invisible in a crowd. Like, <laughs> do not look at me. Uh, I'm not here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, right in front of the nightclub. It was crazy. <laughs> uh, you are
2: wild. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I the only thing I would add, um, to this topic is like, I've always felt like it's very hard for me to believe. Um, I tend to overthink everything and, um, I, I feel like I need to believe and I feel, and I want to believe. Um, but it's a, it's a hard thing for me. And so, um, you know, that's just been a constant struggle for me. So I, I want, I, I think religion's a very positive influence and, um, you know, I, I'm I'm a Christian, and uh, uh, but it's not it's not an easy thing for me. I don't feel like just naturally or whatever compelled, um, you know, to believe the way some others do. Um, never felt that that type of faith, and so I believe probably differently than a lot of other people. And uh, uh, but I but I hold on to it, and I try to practice. And so my my thing or my my deal with religion is. Um, I'm going to be in the, I'm going to, again, I'm going to show up. I'm going to be there. I'm going to try to help people. I'm going to try to, um, you know, lift people's burdens, whatever I can do. I'm going to be there for the youth camp or the whatever, you know, Um, I'm just going to be there. And I'm um, so that's, that's my battle, I guess, from a, from a spiritual point of view, it's just to try to try to keep that flame going, you know,
1: that's, that's pretty interesting. I was going to say, it reminds me of that verse where the guy is saying, I don't remember where it's, I think it's in Mark, where he says, I believe, help my unbelief. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's walking up to Jesus. He's talking to Jesus, you know. Right. I believe, help my unbelief. So, you know, we, God appreciates it when we're honest with him and not hiding stuff.
2: Well, I always I always, um, always love the story of doubting Thomas. I've loved that since yeah. I was a kid. Because yeah. even when I was a kid, you know, I had this, you know, and this feeling or whatever. And and, uh, I always appreciated that because I'm like, you know, you know, blessed art thou Thomas for thou hast seen and believed. And, um, I just go, heck yeah. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you, Thomas.
0: (laughs) You telling me what now? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that makes, uh, (laughs) that makes sense. And I, I, I understand what you mean. Um, Jeffrey, when you say like, you know, these people that, you know, like Chris can just like, rattle off, you know, all these uh all these Bible verses. I've been going to church since birth and uh I know like three maybe. Um and uh there's a uh Homestead Padre who was on last week. I mean he uh he has an even more interesting take on interesting in that it's different. Um, oh man. Yeah. (laughs) He like studies like like the the bible in a completely different way than like anyone i've ever uh ever any any, i've ever heard um like he doesn't celebrate christ uh christmas and easter if i remember correctly because those aren't like mentioned in the bible or so i don't i can't remember uh specifically Uh, i don't want to speak for him either but um it's, it's 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 kind of fascinating didn't he
2: dabble in like witchcraft and stuff before he converted
0: to Christianity or something like that? <laughs> I, I um, what did he do? I when I talked to him, I when I did his interview, he's like, I think it was on the interview. He goes, I basically, again, I'm not speaking for him. I'm like paraphrasing. Uh, he basically, I like, dabbled in every single religion, and right. the one he came back to was Christianity. Hmm. And I was like, dang, that's kind of crazy.
1: Nice. Um, yeah. And Matt, by the way, I don't have a good memory. I have a cheat code. It's called Scripture Memory Music.
0: (laughs) Uh, What does that mean?
1: uh, Okay, so so you know how it is when you can remember all the songs from high school and you can remember all the words from those songs and you heard them like 10 times or 15 times? It's because music, something about music works with memory in such a way. So they they actually, people make these CDs and now it's on YouTube. Uh, Mm. And and they're not very good. You know, it's not the kind of music that you would chase at. I mean, it's
0: like it's like listening to psalms
1: yeah, it's but it is it will help you memorize and I found that it's very fruitful when you're having conversation you know or uh, or you're wanting to pray for somebody to to pray the the Bible to pray to, to speak the word when it comes up. Um, I liken it to uh, the Holy Spirit has like a like like a piano. And if you've got two two notes on your or, or five notes on your piano, if you only memorize like Psalm twenty three and John three sixteen, he's going to play chopsticks. And it's going to be the most beautiful sounding chopsticks you've ever heard. But sure. if you give the, the Holy Spirit a whole set of keys, you got a lot of tools. There you go. Tool, tool belt. So you can you know, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, uh, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and, he, and on his law he meditates day and night. It's a tree planted by streams of water, and it, it yields its fruit in its season. It. Its leaf does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. Just, just makes me so happy just to even think about that. So this is a worth looking up. If you, if you put in Scripture Memory Music into YouTube, you'll find some things.
2: You know, um, so I, I'm, this is going to be a weird thing, but I, I, I was um, – I know it's in Kings, and I can't remember the chapter. It's five or seven or something like that. But um, you know, Naaman the Syrian, the great, the great Syrian. So, like, I, one of the things about me is I don't really take a lot of these stories very literally. I think of them more as like a wisdom literature, and um, you know, I like I, I, I like the way the Jewish people approach the scriptures, where they're they're kind of like looking for meaning and and interpretation is. Kind of a thing to be discussed and debated. I, I really enjoy that aspect of the way they um, approach, um, you know, the, the the Hebrew scriptures in particular. But anyway, the, 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 so the Syrian, you know, he he he's, uh, he's cured of leprosy and everything, and he he um, he wants to pay the prophet, and, and the prophet's like, look, you know, I'm not I'm not going to take anything. Um, he said, well, let me let me take two donkeys' burdens of Israelite soil so that I can worship the Lord and um, you know as someone who is really um, trying to live as close to the earth as I can I love that that thought of the soil mm. and the you know the need to have Israelite soil to worship the Lord because you know in the Old Testament a lot of times there was this kind of local God kind of thing going on mm-hmm. where the Syrians yeah. worship their gods or whatever right Yeah. And and so he wanted to take Israelite soil, so you could go worship the Lord, and so it just made me think about like the importance of place, um, the importance of this of the, the oil, the, the soil, the dirt, you know. Um, and uh, it, it just, I thought it was a cool story, and it's a piece of the story that people never talk about. They like, they always talk about being cured of leprosy and how, you know, he had to just wash in in, in Jordan seven times. It was a simple thing, and he didn't want to do it because he's a great, you know, he's a great man. Why did why did the prophet ask him great thing of him? They always talk about that, but no one ever talks about this two donkeys burden the soil because I don't think it fits the narrative of modern Christianity of this idea that this one God, and and you know, we, that context is lost because of the you don't know, think of in terms of those local gods that that they might have had at that time, but I think it's a beautiful. Thing, and it just reminds me, like I said, the importance of the place we're in, like the local place we're in, um, and and the soil. So, anyway, uh, sorry to, to to drop that. It's kind of maybe off topic, but it's a cool story.
0: Yeah. No, I just I just uh, searched it so I can read it later. Yeah, cool. Um, I'll share I'll share mine really quick um, since we're coming up on time. And I didn't think we I would I would talk about this tonight, but um, in my in my early twenties, I um I, I was I'll, I'll give the brief version. I was working in Yellowstone, and I was like, "Eh, this isn't this isn't this isn't great." Um, I'm going to do something crazy before I leave. So I got up like midnight or whatever, and drove south into the Tetons, and I slept. For about an hour and a half in my car at the foothills of one of the mountains, uh, Tiwanat, which is one or two peaks north of Grand Teton, if anyone um, knows that area. And uh, I just, at like 5, 5.30 in the morning, got out of my, out of my car and just started hiking. Had, no, had, had a rough idea of a path. I mean, I knew I was at the trailhead. But after that, I I have no idea. I just started going and it's uh, it was late May. So there's still like snow and stuff. And uh, I let's see, I was I was like I was tired of hiking and I started like kind of like rock climbing to like, you know, get up and I'm not wearing rock climbing shoes. I'm wearing like work boots. Um. And I, I had heard a noise to my right. I look and there's like a small avalanche. I'm like, oh, weird. That's, uh, that's not very good. And then I hear a noise above me. I look up and I see snow coming over the, the ridge or like, you know, kind of cliff or whatever above me. I'm like, this might suck. And so all I could do was just lean in really close to the rock and snow was like hitting my backpack. But it wasn't like enough to like knock me down or whatever. But I like just kept going. Keep climbing. I, I'm still rock climbing. I kind of get in like a weird spot that I can't like turn around or keep going or whatever. And I end up like falling like eight feet or something like that on a relatively like flattish spot. Kept going. I am climbing the ridge. Like I'm hiking along the ridge to get to the summit. I can see the summit. I'm like 200 yards away. And on this ridge, I'm looking. I I looked to my left. I could fall down like a thousand feet straight. Like, would hit nothing. We could fall down. Or if I slipped and fell to the right, I mean, I would slide down the snow all the way to the car, pretty much. And I, like... And, like, the wind was just howling. And I'm just, like... I was just tired and fatigued. And um, I honestly thought I was going to die up there. And so... I... Like, you know, you, as I think a lot of uh, people ebb and flow in their, in their relationship with God. And so the only thing I could think of at the time was, uh, Jesus, I trust in you have mercy on me. Mm -hmm. And I just like said that over and over and over as I made my way down, I never made it to the summit. I just, just made my way down. And then that's where, how do I show this off? I can't. How do i show this off on camera i look stupid now so that's where these come from uh, just trust and mercy so
1: yeah that's um, cool so you got those like the next day
0: <laughs> the next day uh, I
1: don't know. Uh, probably about a year later
0: yeah. um, so that's um i mean there's there's like a lot more to it but that's like the the, that's like the gist of it and just something that I never wanted to, never wanted to forget. Mm. And, um, but yeah, that was like, I, I had been away in faith for a little while. Not like, like it was gone. Like, you know, I'm not religious. It's just like, just never made it a priority at the time. Um, so I don't know. It was, uh, an interesting spiritual challenge.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was hard. And uh, Romans one twenty is, is uh, talks about how God's eternal power and divine nature are perceived in the creation. So you got to see a lot of power and and divine nature that night. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, that's neat. That's a good story. Well,
2: that's the one one thing about <laughs> yeah when you're young. <laughs> But, you know, you mentioned earlier at the beginning, you said physically it's hard to to hike. You know, it's hard to like, like if I don't know if if you fast as part of your either your health regimen or your religious practice. But, you know, fasting is hard. Hiking and stuff like that is hard. And a lot of times in those extremities, those physical extremities, you know, we do feel a glimpse of creation or divinity. And I think those are those are special moments, you know. Yeah, for sure um just to to
0: wrap that wrap that up i attempted to climb that same peak a couple years later and we got rained out hmm. and then a couple years after that i with a buddy we summited the grand time. so I, I think uh Tiwanath is just going to be on my list of cannot yeah. make it it's just gonna be <laughs> it's just gonna be like the the for me, the unascendable mountain. Okay, it,
2: It's it's like the Holies of, Holy of Holies or something. It's, it's <laughs> wow. a forbidden, forbidden, forbidden spot for you or something.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's a, yeah. uh, it's a pretty cool hike though. And, um, but yeah, anyways, for,
2: I had talked about doing grand T time with my son. I even started collecting some of the gear we would need, but it, it just never worked out. So
0: dude, it's, it's a lot of fun. One of the, we'll, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk, uh, after briefly, um, but hey what do you guys want to wrap up on? Uh,
1: it is a tough life that we live and it's a lot harder if you're not walking with Christ who helps us sustains us and gives us hope and help that's that's the, the bedrock of my life that's been the you know the the strong tower that you run into and you're safe the, the righteous arm that, that that holds me up the, yeah. I, I need my Christ to be with me
2: well said yeah well, um I'll take a different attack I guess i think I think that um, you know most of us are living well below our potential, and the only way we can explore the boundaries is by doing hard things. so go do hard things yeah. um, and uh you know like you said, trust mercy you know kind of you know trust in trust in your higher power whatever that is and and uh and you know expect miracles or mercy or something to get you through the parts parts you're not capable of getting through by yourself Uh, even if it's just in the in the guise of a friend that that lends a helping hand whatever that is do the hard stuff it's good
0: do the hard stuff it's good I think in the initial email I sent out for this, I said, a life of ease is no life at all. And I honestly mm-hmm. believe that. You can rest when you're dead.
2: Yep. <laughs> I say so, that hey, a lot, I say I that a lot, we can sleep when we're dead, That's, I tell my dead. kids that all the time. Yep.
0: <laughs> no rest for the wicked. Um, let's let's do our, our pluggables. Chris, go yes,
1: ahead. Securecoop.com and use the coupon life right there and uh i'm setting up got my infrastructure going my german developer talked to me again today and we're we're rolling i'm thinking it's going to be by the end of the year i can't make any promises but it's good looking good so nice i'm looking forward to that yeah
2: cool yeah i'll check that out
1: yeah
0: go ahead jeffrey
2: Okay, yeah, so Long Story Farms, uh, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And we'll be at the Memorial Park New, uh, Grow Newberry Farmers Market and Art this coming Saturday. And we'll be at the Old Barn on Old Lexington Highway in Chapin the 20th. And uh, look for a report back on our Farmer Table event the 27th. That's, <laughs> that's what's coming up for us.
1: Nice, dude. Looking forward to it. Yeah, do right, more man. farm to table. That's a, that's the word, that's where the money's at. That's this is one.
2: a this is a dry run, and if yeah. it's successful, we'll, we'll do it. We'll probably do one a month later. We'll open yeah, yeah. to the public. You, you, to, you
1: know, on the theme of today, it might be hard, and keep doing it because that's <laughs> <we're at. laughs> yeah. That's a good way to go.
2: Yeah, man. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yep.
2: Sweet. All right, nice to meet you, Christopher. Yes,
1: sir. All right, Jim. Yeah.
0: Uh, uh, so, and I am Matt DeRosier of a Farm Hop Life. You can check me out, farmhoplife.com. And uh, my 20 by 23 project, uh, going to help out 20 homesteads by in the year 2023. You can learn more, farmhoplife.com slash 20x23. Uh, we'll talk to you next week about something. Um, hang tight, guys. Thanks for listening, everybody, and I appreciate you guys showing up.
2: Thanks, man.